Now I want to read. Uh, I want to read from you on our from First Thessalonians today. The uh, last week the the sermon series is titled Focus. Last week it was Focus Courage Required, and this week I've changed it up a little bit from what Pastor Jasmine had planned, and I've made it Focus Encouragement Needed. So we're going to look at this text from the fifth chapter of 1 Thessalonians. It's on page 193 in the Pew Bible, if you'd like, on the right side of the Bible, 193 if you'd like to follow along. And it's uh, chapter 5, verses 9 through 28. Let's hear these words of Paul for us today. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether... By the way, whenever you come across in the scriptures the word so that, that's like an exclamation point. Pay attention. Something really important is about to follow. So whenever you're reading scripture and you read the words so that, pay very special attention uh, about what is supposed to follow. Um, I'm sorry for interrupting, but I just wanted to say that to you. I'll start over. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other as indeed you are doing. But we appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and have charge of you in the Lord and admonish you. Esteem them very highly in love because of their work. And be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, beloved, to admonish the idlers, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all of them. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. Beloved, pray for us. Greet all the brothers and sisters with a holy kiss. I solemnly command you by the Lord that this letter be read to all of them. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Words of encouragement. There's so much better for us than words of discouragement, which is just the opposite. They build us up and they motivate us. They bring hope and healing. And in our scripture today, the word encourage has a very special meaning. It means to put the heart back into. To encourage means to put the heart back into. And conversely, the word discourage would mean to take the heart out of or away from. 
In this world where we all too often face being discouraged rather than encouraged, when it's hard to trust and be strong in our faith, we, the church, have a very unique opportunity to offer a ministry of encouragement, literally to put the heart back into people whose hearts have been taken out through discouragement. So Paul writes to the Thessalonians in a very precious manner and supportive and encouraging manner. This is a church that Paul started early, in the early 50s, so before the Gospels were written, the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So this is one of the earliest writings we have in the New Testament. Paul started this church in Thessalonica, which is in northern Greece. And then he moved on through Greece to start other churches, new churches. And at one point, he sent Timothy, his young helper, back to this church in Thessalonica to check on them and see how they were doing. And this took a while, and not like today when we have so many ways to communicate. It took months. But Timothy went, and he came back, and he gave this report, this progress report to Paul. He said there's some good news and also some concerns and questions from the new church. The good news Timothy brings is concerning their faith and their love. You see, they're being strong in persecution. They are suffering as a persecuted faith community. And they're enduring, and they love and they miss Paul and long for him to return. They were a new church, and they were surrounded and lived in a pagan culture with many gods and many temples to those gods and for hundreds of years they had been associated and established with patterns of worship and expectation of believers by these pagan temples and Paul is preaching a gospel that's different than what they've known before in their culture but Paul was also new to this ministry there were no bishops or district superintendents no book of discipline like the United Methodist Church has, no manuals for how to start a church for Paul. He gathered believers. He shared the gospel. Those that believed, he baptized and he encouraged along their way. So the, the concerns and the questions that Timothy reports are important to these new Christians because they want to know, uh, having being surrounded by so many temples and uh, two other little g gods, they want to know how they're supposed to live now that they're followers of Jesus, followers of the way. They had little or no understanding of the Jewish heritage or the God of the Jews or of who Jesus was as God's son and savior. And so they asked Paul to help in everyday living uh, within their faith context. Things like, were they properly conducting their relationships with one another? Were they supporting each other in marriage? Were they grow, growing their children up the way they should? And how were they to treat those within and those outside the church? They wanted to know, especially when Jesus would return and establish his kingdom, and what signs might occur to tell them that his return was near. And we can understand this when you're under a bunch of stress, when you're undergoing persecution, for your faith, you want to know and be reassured and encouraged that Jesus is coming back and Jesus is Lord. Paul didn't have all the answers. 
After all, he didn't have anyone he could call on for quick answers like I could call Pastor Jackie. I'm sure he was thinking, how do I lead these Gentiles when they don't understand our heritage? How do I help them understand and live into the love of God in this life? Paul finally had to just rely on God's guidance and rely on his own judgment concerning what God was saying to them. So he tried every way possible to encourage this little flock of people in this Thessalonian church. And isn't that true in our lives as well? We have questions, situations that come up in our lives, faith questions that abound, experiences of doubt in our faith, um, people that face health issues and we ask why, those of us that have relationship struggles in the church or financial issues at home, there are disappointments and heartaches enough to discourage anyone in this day and age. We do have some of us, those that love us and try to encourage us, but we are also like Paul in many ways. Eventually, we work and trust in what God has said to us, and we trust in God's encouragement to us to make it through whatever it is we're facing. I believe the church today needs to be courageous and encouraging. But notice closely how these words are tied together in their purpose. Courage, the word courage, and the word encourage. Be brave in bringing the positive to light, Paul says. It's not a false optimism in the face of difficulty, but hope. Hope in God in the midst of difficulty. Hope is not dependent on feeling happy or optimistic hope is a state of the heart that says be strong through it all encouraging in that sense takes courage we need to encourage folks in the practice of faith i know that when sunday mornings roll around many people in america get up roll over and go back to bed they're just not real excited about getting up and going to worship service today. As a matter of fact, I didn't think I'd make it here. I was 35 to 40 minutes late because there was some kind of thousands of people running on Piedmont. And I'm sure it was raising money for a good cause, so that made my temper stay <laughs> calm. But I couldn't find a way here from east. Everything was blocked, and I couldn't get across. I ended up seeing this beautiful gold dome, and I knew I was close to home. So I, I went way out of the way to get here. But when I got here, I was encouraged. And that's the point that I'm trying to make through all this. Sunday mornings aren't necessarily the only time that we need encouragement or the only time that we decide whether we'll be church or go to church or pray for the church. Every day is that way. And I think Paul knew that Christians were living among a culture of discouragement and that's why he tells the church to encourage the idlers and the faint-hearted. You see, many thought Jesus would come back right away, so they quit their jobs. They stopped doing anything for others. They found a place to hide until they thought Jesus would come immediately, and they would be ready. They became idlers in the church, and they were faint-hearted because they were afraid they'd be find out, they would be found out. But he also says, encourage the weak and, and then to be patient with all of them. John Wesley had a way of doing this in the 1700s. He knew that people struggled, so 
those that came to the Wesley gatherings, to the Methodist gatherings, he formed these small groups. And the small groups were there to encourage each other and to hold each other accountable in their life and in their living. Some of us call those small groups today Bible study or Sunday school classes or support groups. But John Wesley wanted to make sure that every person who was a follower of the way had a chance to be encouraged and to be supported by the faith community and to hold each other accountable in their Christian living. And the church must ask today what has happened both inside and outside our walls that people have grown complacent. Why are people becoming idle in their faith? What has broken God's people so much that they are weakened in spirit and body? But Paul says, don't, don't walk away from them. He says, be patient with them. Nurture them in love. Encourage them in their faith. Many are just turned away and written off by society and, unfortunately, by the church. And he's talking about the church, the people in Thessalonica, but I think he also says a lot to our culture today within and outside the church. If you have your Bible with you, underline chapter 5, verse 11. Here's what it says. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other as indeed you are doing. There is encouragement right there because the Thessalonica church is encouraging one another. And they are indeed doing good. And that's what the ministry of encouragement looks like. And that's what one of the unique things that the church has to uh, share with the world is the ministry of encouragement. And I mean, when I say the church, I mean us, the people. So when you come across folks today, it might be easy to be discouraged or to say something discouraging to them. But I would say, be encouraged and say something encouraging to them today. Uh, our own lay leader, whenever I greet Wayne, he says every day is a blessing. That's encouraging. That's a beautiful statement. Now his life isn't perfect, but he knows who owns his life. And so in that sense, every day is a blessing. You never know when you will bless someone by the encouraging word you say. A child, a teenager, an adult, someone who uh, you have never met before. When you offer a word of encouragement, it puts the heart back into that person. So, what does Paul say? Until Christ returns, and we don't know when Christ will return, here are some things that you can do to be light in darkness. Here are some practices that you can practice as a church and as individual members to, uh, before the kingdom comes, and to celebrate the kingdom now, to give a foretaste of the glory divine. And as we say, to live now in the kingdom of God on earth as well as it is in heaven. So, Paul says, until that day that Christ returns, here's some advice for all of us. Respect those who labor among us and have charge of us in the Lord and hold us accountable. Esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Now, you may think I'm talking about clergy, but remember, this was written way before organized clergy 
were available in the church. So what he's referring to is those of us who are the church, those of us who stand up and accept God's call to lead in the church. Yes, now today there are clergy and there are lay leaders and there are choirs and there are others, but what he meant back then was respect those that God has called to be leaders. And when they hold us accountable, don't get mad at them. Respect and appreciate what they're saying. Then he says, be at peace among yourselves. Are you at peace? Have you been watching too much of what Congress and the Senate's doing? Has it discouraged you? Many have. Many think it's history and they want to watch it. And that's wonderful. But be at peace. What does it mean to be at peace? It means to wish the best for those that God loves, which is everyone. And then he says to help the weak and be patient. That seems to be a recurring word. Be patient. All oh, that we would be patient in all of our relationships. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always. These are challenges, folks, but they are what Paul is telling us how to be encouraged with in the church. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Oh, do not quench the Spirit. You ever have somebody so excited that they're talking real fast and they're all caught up in, uh, the, I think, in the spirit of whatever the occasion is. And you can say things like, whoa, slow down, hold on. Nobody's that happy. You're quenching the spirit. Do not quench what the spirit is doing among us and beyond and outside these walls. It's easy when you're discouraged to throw water on a good plan, to quench what you see happening in the church to deny that the Spirit is still working because things are so discouraging in our lives. But Paul says, be encouraged. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise the words of the prophets, but test everything. Now that's interesting. Some of us are brought up to believe anyone who's in authority, whatever they say. I used to get so mad at my mom and dad when they were ill, they would just accept what the doctor said to them. And I said, ask them these questions. I, I don't mean to disrespect the doctor, but you can get information this way, and they can share their knowledge with you. They refused to do it. One time my dad had been given uh, too much medication by a, a doctor he didn't know, and the doctor didn't know the medication that his uh, doctor had given him. And it caused terrible health problems for him. And if he had asked questions, he would have known. Well, don't want to pick on doctors. Same thing happens for prophets, for preachers, for friends, for politicians. Test, test everything. Hold fast to those things that are good. And abstain from every form of evil. Can you think of someone this morning, including yourself, that needs encouragement? If you can, let me invite you, when you come to Christ's table, to see Jesus putting the heart back into you or into someone who has been discouraged this week. So that 
you may become an encourager to those you meet. And Paul finishes by saying, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do this. That is encouragement. The one who calls you, Jesus Christ, is faithful and he will do what he promises. So listen to this uh, synopsis, if you will. You are God's precious children. I believe in God's love in you. Paul would say, encourage one another. Keep up the good work of ministry you are already doing, First Church. Always rejoice, pray constantly, and in all circumstances, give thanks. And do so more and more. We never run out of good things we can do to encourage ourselves and those around us. Because Jesus is the encourager. And he holds us accountable, but he wants us to share his good news everywhere with everyone. That's God's word for us today. Encouraging faith is faith that you're not afraid to share with those to build up the body of Christ. And when we do that, Life everywhere will be beautiful for everyone we meet. Let us pray. Thank you, God, that you call us and give us a spirit of encouragement. You call us to be encouragers in our world, not just in the church, but outside these walls, with family, with friends, with strangers. Help us to find things that build up people. And to be first to share those with one another. Thank you for this time together. For your calling upon the church to be your people in the world. To be your light during this epiphany time. In a world that sometimes seems dark for us. Be with us during this time of communion. Be with us that we might receive our hearts back from you. Cleansed and faithful and renewed. For we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.